Not a Press podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho, who actually watched this game while I wasn't able to. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Good. I mean, obviously, after after anytime you get points on the road, it's always a good thing in Major League Soccer. And, you know, in, to continue on that trend of taking three points on the road um, is, is excellent. Obviously, this is a team that has looked better at times but at the same time to be able to not play your best and still come away with with a win is is always a plus yeah yeah so full disclosure to everybody like i said i have not watched the game still uh set a soccer tournament for my kids all weekend and then came home it was in surgery all day uh not my surgery i work in surgery for those who may be newer to the show um so i was unable to do it but i'm also leaving for the week uh, on Wednesday, and we weren't going to have a, another chance to record before leaving. So here we are. Josh is going to give you all the analysis. Uh, I'll chime in when I feel like it's appropriate, but um, I'm not going to be one of those guys that just reads the reads the headlines or watches the highlights and tries to break down an entire game or spin a narrative about it. Uh, just chime in on the stuff that is, you know, that fits in with what we've been seeing from LAFC for for a while now. So. With all that said, Josh, why don't you take it away for us? Yeah, I mean, so this was a game, obviously, that, you know, the, the time of the game, I think it was, it, game time started around, it was a mid midday game, um, and you're and you're definitely having to travel um, to a different time zone. So there's always going to be those those early game, um, like shaking the rust off, if you will, in terms of that early game. And it's nothing that we haven't seen in the past. Um, and unfortunately this team notoriously or thus far has notoriously started, started slow. So with that in mind, you know, like you, you get a little bit of that to start the game off, right. Um, in terms of just their inability to kind of put it all together, um, kind of, so the, and you had, we also had moving, moving parts in the back line, right? So you had, um, Daniel Henry start, um, for a suspended, um, fall. And then, um, so that changes the dynamic as well, of how you're going to play as well. Um, and again, you had Hollingshead again start with um, on the right with Palacios on the left, mm-hmm. and so obviously there's a couple things there now that that just are going to change your buildup, right? Because again, you don't have that that passer that that fall has been over the. Um, Right over the over the course of the season, kind of being able to distribute, um, you kind of have some jitters in terms of I feel like the way that they uh, they, they played from the back, right? It, it just didn't look clean at times, but over the course of the game, they grow into it as always. And then the, again, in the second half, um, Trinola made his his adjustments, which has come you know has becoming quickly becoming his mo in terms of making great second half adjustments. Um, you get a you get a goal from Acosta. Um, well, since he scores right before the half, then you have a goal from Acosta to level it, right, and then followed by the um, the late goal there to win it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, so again, it was yeah, not the not the greatest performance we've ever seen from this team, but on the road in a tough environment, right, um, with a with an improved Cincinnati team. Um, and I, I think I heard has been good this year. I, yeah. I mean, it's uh, they are they are a good team. They, they, I don't know that they're great or that they're uh, top of the table type of team, but they've been uh, they've been they've been good. 
more than respectable. Yeah. So much better than the the wooden spoon containers that we've seen. Yes, you know, over yes. the first couple of years, and you know, their their coach has a lot to do with it, right? Um, Noonan comes over from Philadelphia and kind of brings that mentality that you have, and um, in terms, you know, in Philadelphia is what they've done really well is being able to build right without having to spend a ton of money. Yeah, right. Like yeah. in a much different space than the LAFCs of the world or the galaxy or, you know, or Atlanta's um, they definitely have done it be, with a combination of being a you know, good, great player development followed with, you know, some good signings here and there, right? Like, you know, this year, you know, they've turned around failed inter Miami prospect in Julian Carranza and turned yeah, him into a, yeah. a little player there. Right. And it looks like he's fitting in well. And, you know, they're, they're neck and neck with LAFC for the supporter shield at this point. So, you know, you, when you get a guy that comes from that pedigree, just like you get guys coming from Bob's pedigree or, you know, his, his coaching tree, you're going to, there is a level of success. I think an organization that you, that you are going to get and you should expect really when you make those types of hires, right? Um, you know, some of them, you know, th- you know those kind of don't always work out, but at least I think there's a, there's a clear, um, there's definitely a clear approach to how to build your team and how to set up your, you know, set up your tactics. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, again, like you said, since he's been respectable, they, I, They've been performing well, and there's lots of things like you said, like you also said about going on the road that it is difficult traveling east. We see teams in the NFL fail all the time traveling east, um, and to come out with a win, even if it is ugly, is is all you can really ask for, right? Uh, we've we've long talked about the need to be able to win in ugly situations where it seems like for past couple of years, a lot of times LAFC would get into these, um, into these scraps and not be able to hang. And again, I don't know that that's exactly what it was like on on Sunday. I do know that Hollingshead took a blow to the back of the head from Acosta. So I, I assume that is probably the result of some back and forth with the team, but um, yeah, being able to win in unfamiliar circumstances or, unfavorable circumstances is what you need to be a successful MLS side because everything's based on tournament play when it comes to trophies. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean the way that since he set up, right. They, they, they were looking to, you know, bunker in a little bit, right. Because I know they're, they were missing Brendan Vasquez, right. Who's been off to a great start and has been their mm-hmm. leading scorer thus far. Um, I think he, he missed the game in there. So they started Don Baji and um Brenner up top and again is has Brenner proved to be worth the huge transfer fee they paid for him not quite yet right but you know he looked dangerous at times or and, and um again and Acosta is a guy that has shown you know his ability in this league to be you know to be effective right like you know DC you know is now a shell of itself comparative to what it was when he was there yeah. pulling the strings now yet he had that failed move over to PSG and man, you know, things. <laughs> I was, as soon as he brought up, as soon as he said DC, I was like, that dude was supposed to go to PSG mm-hmm. and this league screwed him. Just yeah. incredible. You know? And so, you know, again, it's, 
he he's a talented guy, right? The, that he does he did have the eyes of some bigger teams, you know, looking at him. Um, but you know, at the same time, like again, you can only do so much as an individual player, right? And um, Cincinnati's quality across the board just wasn't to the level of LAFC. Again, who set up a lot differently than I think. You're, you know, like I said, if you have a chance later on, you'll have to verify this. But again, this was something that we saw, I believe, in the last game where they set up in more of a four-one-four-one again, um, mm-hmm. with with the the wingers drawn back a little bit more, and Arango up top, which again creates a more defensive stability. But I think in build-up, what it allows is again having that newer back line, right? With 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 Henry in, I think you, the goal was probably to have. Um, Ilya drop a little bit deeper and then have a Costa uh, to as well drop in and help out um, and form a double pivot and build up. And so, you know, I think, and Cincinnati were, you know, in a kind of a mid block. They weren't dropped super deep into like, you know, it was kind of a, they were in a 3 5 2, yeah, like a 3 3 4 1 2. Um, but they were, again, they weren't playing super high. They weren't bunkering, you know, super deep. Um, but they obviously they're looking to basically play a, um, you know, their base, their goal is to play Acosta on the break and let him distribute mm-hmm. after that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's be defensively sound in the midfield, um, be tough to play through. And again, I think you saw LAFC struggle at times to try and break, play through the middle. Um, but at the same time, like they don't, you know, they're playing like Kubo in central midfield and. Again, he's been a winger, I think, through the first couple of years in in the league, right? So, again, it's not like they have, you know, like a, a may, you know, like they don't have Diego Chara in, in midfield, you know, just, yeah. you know, mucking things up. So, again, their, their, their version of this, of a, you know, of a more defensive side is going to be a lot different than that of Portland, right? Like yeah. It's just, they just didn't have the horses in that sense to be able to just bunker in too deep. So, we, de- we definitely had our chances, right? You saw... A couple opportunities um, in the first half um, that just didn't didn't quite come off again, right? You had mm-hmm. I think there was one nice play where you know you see, um, I believe it was a ball across. Uh, Cheeky plays a nice. Cheeky actually played really well, and that's going to be the the one thing I want to point out there. Um, this is Palacios as a second straight strong strong outing. Right, in terms of his service, in terms of his ability to be there and build up all these different things, definitely looked um, looked apart in terms of a guy that that's going to move on at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, but then you know, <clears throat> played is in gets gets to Rongo. Rongo kind of plays a back heel that gets um, to the feet of, I believe it was a Poku who you know puts it on frame, but they they make a save there. So. Again, they had their opportunities in the first half, didn't quite come off. Again, same thing, a little bit of shaking off the rust, but then, you know, you get you give up this tough goal to Acosta right before the end of the, end of the first half. Mm. Puts you in a little bit of rough position there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even at a younger age, I always tell my players, like, you know, I always try and either uh, distract them from those feelings when you go down a goal right before half, or I try and really sees that if we if we happen to steal a goal right before half I always talk about that and that's at a level that is irrelevant here right <laughs> really but mm-hmm. um it's something that you can at least hang your hat on and players come into the half feeling good 
if they score a goal or feeling crushed if they let one in. Uh, so I, I think, um, I think that's why people always talk about goals right before half they, the way they do, because it does, it does change everything that you're going to talk about it at halftime. Um, uh, one thing I want to go back to is this four, one, four, one. I do feel like it's worth noting. Um, and it, it's nothing, it's nothing too, um, too groundbreaking to say a four, one, four, one is really just like a four, three, three. Um, I feel like you and I have talked about, you know, similarities between formations a lot and how a four, three, three is very similar to a four, four, two diamond or to a four, one, four, one. Uh, and it's just little tweaks here and there on, on where players position themselves. But when you have, to me, at least when you have a roster, like uh, you, you take your typical MLS roster where you put all of your money up top you can fall into this trap of, well, once we get the ball to them, they'll just make it happen. But the problem then becomes if they're, if they're the only forwards and you get the ball to them at, at midfield, at halfway, then that's all still, it's still a long way to go, even for the highest played pairs, uh, highest paid players in the league to drive all the way to goal and score. Um, and so I think what you get, because oftentimes the midfield is lacking in quality in MLS, something that you and I talk about all the time, uh, those guys don't get on the ball in good spots. Um, you hear this a lot with with all kinds of players. They're not getting the ball in the right spot. There's a ton of talk about this with Real Madrid and Vinicius before he was able to finally put it all together this season. Um, when you find When you find a player's feet, and they're ready to go. So you find Carlos right at the top of the penalty area on that right elbow. That's where he's dangerous, right? Uh, finding Carlos further back with nobody in an advanced position, nobody around to support doesn't do him much good. But if you have him start lower to help him with your build, with your possession, to build possession through the middle third, and then he gets involved in the attack. Now you can get him the ball in better spots. Um, so for me, it's it's a little bit more pragmatic, right? There's that word that we've used so many times this this season. Uh, it's a little bit more pragmatic, getting your better players involved earlier, but not putting them so far from goal that they're ineffective when it comes time to to put in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I think there there is definitely a little bit of that. Um, I think what it's allowed them to do is kind of let Vela chill. To, you yeah. know, to yeah. to you, you know, and again, I think when you think about the length of the season and, and the slog that the major league season becomes over the course, you know, through the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen we've seen teams, LAFC included, right, basically burn themselves out, yeah, as they head as they head into August September, right, right when you should be heating up. They were slow, you know. They were starting to slow down, and right, and some people we wonder was it a matter of I think it was Walker and and Tyler Miller going to U.S. camp and Greg Borhalter just ruined them, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, because you know how many how many people you know obviously hindsight is twenty twenty and we can say oh man we regret trading you know an amazing defender right in Walker Zimmerman, yeah. but at the same time when they let him go he was not exactly at the top of his game. Right, I think he had gotten hurt, no. and then, um, 
in the in the, I think he got hurt in the playoff in, concussion. In the, yeah. Right. Um, in the first round of no 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 or the last game of the season or the first game of the playoffs I couldn't remember. Yeah, it was right it, somewhere in there, but I mean it, it affected him going into the playoffs because they yeah, ended up playing I, without him against Galaxy, right? And Blackman, and that's where you see Blackman really show out, and that's where yeah. they kind of make that decision to go into the next season, mm-hmm. right? With mm-hmm. uh, without him. Yeah, and I mean so, if he can, if he can if he can handle Zlatan, like who can't he handle in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, you really can't blame them for looking at that performance from Blackman, that string of performances from Blackman and thinking, oh, well, maybe we have something here that will really allow us to move on, to move Zimmerman on. Yeah, and I think Blackman not really panning out is a matter of just how the rest of the team around him was constructed rather than him, he and himself not being yeah. able to, also, to develop. Also, they... they, they we're in the middle of transitioning him and never fully did. I mean, that he, he like you said, it, there's so, there's so much going on in that team. So many different players playing separate, like different positions week to week uh, and just holes everywhere that they're trying to fill. It's like the old cartoons where, you know, somebody's trying to plug a hole in a boat and they stick their finger in the hole. Right. And then all of a sudden there's another hole mm-hmm. and they plug that one. And there's another one. That's what LAFC was like. Um, just holes everywhere in the roster. Yeah. And and again, I think some of those things became apparent at the end of at the end of our best season, right? At the end of 2019, I yeah. think you and I yeah. were both kind of skeptical what, you know, obviously like they were still the favorite going in. We were we were I don't know if confident is the right word, but we were definitely more positive than negative at that point, right? I mean, and it's hard not to be given the the breath yeah. of the regular season, yeah. but they had definitely slowed down heading into the the last the last stretch of the season, you know, I think they they drop a couple games and then finally win in the last in the on the last day. I think that's when Vela had that had a hat trick against Colorado, um, and basically ended to, bro- to break the record. Yeah, break the record and Tim Howard's career on a high note. You know, all those things. <laughs> um, you know, but that you know you break the points record, you break the goal scoring record, all those things, all in the same game, right? But it yeah. came down to the last minute where they should have. I think they ended up fighting NYCFC a lot longer than they anticipated for the supporter shield um, at that point. And so again, when you look at some of those things and then again, he hasn't gotten younger since that, since that day, right. He's in fact aged three years since, since we last saw him at the height of his powers. And so again, and I think this is something that a lot of teams don't do well. In, in soccer is to transition your your superstars into the next phase of their career, right? Or not even into the next phase of career. How do you now change the way you play to now suit suit them at their best, yeah. right? And you you saw this with Messi after Pep left, and right, and they they kind of played some of the same things. But when you lose some of the dynamism on the other side of him, right, and instead of Neymar, it's a Philippe Coutinho or whoever Dembele or whoever they tried to f- plug into that hole. Yet Messi, who can't press anymore, along and then you have what Busquets in midfield, and you have some of these aging guys that are still there, are still great players, right? Still world class guys, but just not. They're not there. To, they're you know they can't play that. You know they're not going to gegenpress, press, right? They're not going to fit into into that system anymore. How? 
right? You lose a little something, especially in some of these big games, right? And and even again, even the Liverpool teams, you know, again, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you look at how much they've transitioned away from that rock and roll football where it's pressed for 90 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the way that Bob did, and now moved toward a more a more controlled approach to their attack, and it pays dividends. And so yeah. I think when you look at this move into again a a four one four one, yes, on paper maybe they start a little bit deeper, but in principle it's still more or less going to be a four three three. You know, right? Like mm-hmm. that their attack mm-hmm. is going to look eventually the same, just maybe with withdrawn a little bit as your starting point. But what it's allowed, what it allows them to do is that you see Vela float into the midfield a, a ton, right? From that yeah. from that right midfield position, he'll float into the midfield combined with Acosta, which is becoming one of the nicer combinations in Major League Soccer, right? Those two playing together, you can see that trust building between Acosta, Ilie, Bella, right? and they just toy with midfielders. And again, it kind of draws, it draws the you know draws the defense towards wherever they're at. But now that springs open attack on the other side of the field, yeah, right. And I think the it was in that the perfect example, obviously, is the Orange County game. Right where you just kind of see them toy yeah. with the defenders, and then it opens up Jennings. You know, the, you see a, sw- a switch, and then o- it opens up for Jennings on the run. But that's really what they're what you can do with this talent, this level of talent, right? Like, who are you, who in that midfield was going to hit that switch a year ago? You already know my answer. <laughs> no one. <laughs> There's nobody. Yeah, I right? mean, I, it's it's it's. Atuesta, I suppose, but he's he was never in that position to do it. He's not he's not advanced enough to hit the switch that they're looking for, right? No, the and then when you ball. do it from and when you do it from the six, right, as a regista, right, it doesn't shift the defense enough in different directions to be able to now open up the one on ones that you would. So like. what I would say, I would I would amend your statement just a little bit is is that the defense hasn't shifted enough for you to play that ball yet. Mm-hmm. Right. There so, it, the, and I think we're saying the same thing here, just in different ways, essentially, is the ball from Acosta in for Escobar uh, only happens because he and Vela spend time in the midfield passing the ball to each other, right? Kind of clowning on them. And it, it makes the back line step up. It makes fullback shift over, which leaves Escobar wide open, streaking free. Yeah. So, um, and then that switch happens and it's through pressure and there's, there's no way to stop it. So Escobar's the the third man. And again, I think it's Jennings, right. That comes through and mm-hmm. scores it. And he's the fourth man in, in coaching cir- circles. Most people will tell you if you can create the fourth man, there is never a chance that he's going to be covered just because there's too many things going on. So uh, if you creating a third man an open third man is, is, good it's kind of commonplace but if you can get that fourth man it's over yeah you know and <clears throat> and so you see vela start to do some of these different things right and and this game was no different where you see him floating in midfield it draws that that three-man back line the the center of that that sweeper of the three-man back line forward yeah. and then now you have one-on-ones for um for chicho and and for uh opoku on the opposite side Mm-hmm. Right. And again, those guys in a foot race are going is gonna are gonna cause a ton of problems. And you know, you see it in transition, right? Like 
you know, I think people are, are kind of looking at Vela and wondering, like, what, you know, where, where is he at? What is he doing? Because, um, you know, what he has got the four goals, I believe, now, right? But then I think it's still four, yeah. Yeah, but he picks up another assist in this one. Is that um, five assists for him now? I believe so, right? And so he's just floating into good spots and then delivering a ball that no one else previously could, right? Like, again, like how often were we trying to, you know, we're hoping that, you know, who's our number 10 that's going to deliver that 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 ball for Vela, right? But yeah. the thing is, I think he understands now, again, it saves his legs, but he also, you know, so he's not trying to stretch the field the same way. But again, if you don't have a midfielder that's going to do it, and again, Acosta can, is much better at it than we've had in the past. But if there's not really a midfield that's there, you have Vela to be able to cut in inside from the wing, pick up the ball, play a little bit there, and then he's the one playing the final ball a lot of times, or give, or picking up the hockey assist, which again, it's going that's going to be hard to stop because again, he creates so much. He's going to draw so much attention that again, to be able to pick up that fourth that fourth run is next to impossible. Yeah, yeah. So he's only got three goals this season. One of them's in the Open Cup. So uh, four goals in MLS, two assists, and one assist in Open Cup, which is far fewer than obviously I thought. But um, I mean, that's still six goal six goal contributions right through mm-hmm. seven games. Um, so I mean, he's he's in line for you know a great statistical season if he keeps up that pace. Yeah, and I and I pointed this out after watching the match, right? Because I think there was some talk about again why why isn't he as effective as he previously was? And my my argument to that is Carlos Vela, the distributor, is going to pay dividends for Carlos Vela, the goal scorer, in about yeah. ten games, right? Like in as you start to see these game as teams tra- are trying to game plan for LAFC, right? You can you can no longer just drop deep and wait for that ball to be advanced forward and then stop Carlos Vela there. If he's dropping deep that deep in the midfield, someone has to come out and play him because if you don't, he'll pick you apart. Right? He has that ability to to play the switch. He has the ability to pick a pass. He can hit the long ball. He can hit it short. He can hit whatever you need him to do. Right, and so as he starts to now influence the game from the midfield, you have to now react defensively to to stop him. And then what that creates now is one-on-ones for other guys. Well, now, if if you as a defense have to worry that Arango is, go- is going to create or that Sifu is going to create or that Rodriguez, when he gets healthy, is going to create off the wing or Poku even, can you afford the double Vela or triple Vela when he gets on the ball? Yeah. No, right? I mean, it's kind, it's kind of the... Uh... It's the idea of you inviting pressure, right? This is like the mm-hmm. possession football, uh, like mantra. Like you invite pressure, and then you either pass around or through it. What what a lot of people think that means is just one person on the ball or two people just passing back and forth to invite pressure. But you invite that pressure over the course of a season too by playing Vela further back and distributing more, so that over time team's tactics actually evolved to try and contain him and then you pull the rug out from underneath them and now he's often doing something else further up the field right so yeah you're you're 100 right in that assessment at some point he's going to run hard right yeah like it's just a matter of when 
he he he, at this point like there's i I feel like there's he has an understanding of where they're at in the season or when he needs to do it like he already proved he's capable of being in a regular season mvp right at this point now he's just trophy hunting yep Right, and to be able to do that, right, he has to be able to last through the entirety of the season. So I'm not at all worried about his production. I actually think this is great for him because I think you'll start to see the Carlosville, the goal scorer, later, you know, sooner than later. Because again, if you now single cover him, what's now going to happen is that when he drops in deep and plays that switch, right, there's going to be a time where he actually run makes a hard run towards goal. It has yeah. yet to happen this season, but I don't think it's needed to because you have other guys that are willing to do it. But yeah. because everyone else has been willing and he hasn't quite done it, do you now forget that he that he can still whenever he turns it on? Right. And that's right. what that's where the dynamic changes, right? In his if he can now open up his scoring by virtue by in by virtue of being a distributor at this point, man, good luck trying to yeah. stop. Their, their their attack because again that you they can hit, they can hurt you in so many ways and you see it whether it's you know again when have we ever been good in, in the air yeah uh never really i mean walker zerman was the best aerial threat they had so and even then right he's and that's not his skill set right like I me mean, his strong suit versus i mean i can't tell you how many times you just see you know especially on these set pieces especially in some of these things where fall just kind of pops up in random places and is able to create, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and and create room and creates, you know, more than create chances for himself, just create a ton of room. So now when they go up into a pile and they, they have a specific set piece that now goes, that plays, plays Vela from, from fall. What are you going to do? Right? Because you've now committed far too many resources right to try and stop whatever they're doing because again, yeah. you're, they're over focusing on the wrong on the wrong place. Now, yeah. will every MLS coach do that? Probably not. Right? And we're we're probably looking at it from a a hopeful perspective and say, okay, this is going to work swimmingly no matter what. Um obviously time will tell. Right? The big thing that we want we've always wanted to see is okay, can when it matters most, can Carlos Vela flip the switch? Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure at this point. Right, whether it's age, whether it's desire, these different things. I think there's definitely other things on his mind, um, as as he's often been criticized for, you know, than than what we're dealing with. So I think that that will change the dynamic. But again, now that the contract contract situation is revolved, I have to wonder if we see a different approach from him moving, you know, in the next few games. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to see. Uh, all all indications on this season are are positive. I, I mean, there's really nothing to to complain about. Um, I mean, there is one thing, and that was how bad MLS or the was the pro referees is because yeah, you get yeah. El Fath who's just miserable again and yeah. again, and it gets to a point where it just spirals, and then so you see some of the the antics and theatrics from both from both Cincinnati and LAFC there. But again, I'm never going to, to criticize Kripo for, for standing up for his guy after Acosta makes plays somewhat of a dirty, um, makes kind of a dirty move there um, on, on Hollingshead's header. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Josh, you ready for some questions? Let's do it. Okay. 
Uh, first one is from S. Boot. Um, really missed fall, especially after Henry leaves early. Thought we would see Escobar. Liked having a Poku or liked leaving a Poku in for his pace when Moose was subbed on. Grippo was good in the air today, but really poor pass that led to Cincy's goal. Chirundolo has this team humming overall. I didn't realize that since he scored on a playing out of the back failure. Yeah, it was right before the end of the half. Balls at Kripo's feet. They're playing basically like both forwards on both our center backs, right in in the in kind of like a in a in a marking system. He tries to play a ball to Ilya, um, and it kind of just ricochets the wrong way, and then mm. Acosta's played it on goal. Okay. So, you know, again, it, there's he'll. It's a mistake that I don't ever expect to see from him ever again, right? Whereas yeah, yeah. in the past, when it came to some of our keepers, you're like, I'm not confident that the same thing's not going to happen again, right? right. I, I definitely feel the right. opposite about Corpo. I think he's yeah. he's going to find a way to eliminate some of those mistakes. Uh, another part here um, that I thought was interesting was. Um, Really missing fall. I mean, obviously, the suspension uh, due to yellow card accumulation. Uh, now, did Henry and Ibeaga start this game, or was Murillo in there? Murillo and Henry. Okay. And, and then, then Ibeaga came and in then, for Yeah, Henry picked up a knock in around the okay. 30th minute, and Ibeaga comes in. Yeah. Well, he, he was actually okay. Um, again, I think it, it shows how stabilizing both fall and Segura are. Because yeah. those guys are just yeah. have to think a, think a lot less when the ball's played back to them. I, I think in under normal circumstances, you you usually will just see those guys. Um, you know, they'll just clear it out. But as in this in this particular situation, you kind of see everyone kind of get stuck in. Yeah, uh, it's again going. I only have the one game to really look at um, with Ibeaga and and Henry, but. Um, Big drop off. You're going to have a drop off somewhere on your MLS roster. So uh, to have three solid center backs that you can count on week in and week out in Mario Fall and, and Segura, I think I think that's going to bode well for them. If you need one guy to spell you, you're okay. But yeah, they they haven't been great. All right, uh, at Yoyo Torre sixty six. What's up with Henry? Oh, here we go. What's up with Henry? Dude made me nervous. Fall was missed, and Moose got the juice. What you got? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think a big part of it was whatever injury he was still nursing. Um, I know he had picked something up early on in the year and and has waited, made his way back, but just didn't look like he had the burst he needed, and so that's why he ended up coming off there. Now, is it going to affect the overall product in the long run? Probably not, but obviously, in the short run, it puts you it puts a little bit more onus on you. They kind of keep things locked down, which again you appreciate the way that Tranello looks at these situations because rather than pushing at all costs, you you see him really setting up the team a little bit more reserved to be able to now yeah. ad- adjust as the game plays out. Mm-hmm. And Musavski getting on get on the score sheet yet again. I think there's a, a more in depth question about him later, so we'll save that discussion. Uh, Tom Camilleri at BroncoFan07. 2021, play mediocre, make Bungle in the back, find a way to lose. 2022, make Bungle in the back, play, medio- play mediocre, capitalize on other teams' Bungle in the back, find a way to win. 
2022 is greater than 2021. Oh, easily. You know, again, yeah. and, and it's, again, it's, I think, obviously, I think people were a little bit skeptical for what Kevin Backer has to say about LAFC at all times now because <laughs> has shown a little bit of, of animus and, and towards, towards the new kids on the block. But, you know, he kind of talked about, again, it's, it, there's just a huge difference and in that transition from Bob to Trinlo, right? Not necessarily in the, you know, in the way that they look at the game, but more so just from their ability to now get guys to play, to play for them, right? Go, you know, they, that's, that's something you can't discount at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's clearly better. I mean, last year was really poor, really poor. Uh, at Lou at the crux might be crew for the rhyme spelt crux though slow disorganized defensively sloppy during press Opoku too many touches Trundle with the correct subs again lucky to get three points against FC Cincinnati I think I read that six of the eight halftime or second half goals that LAFC has this year are from subs Mm-hmm. Which is certainly uh, a cr- that certainly a good look for Chirundolo that he keeps pulling the right strings and, and getting goals from the bench. Um, I, I would imagine the slow and disorganized defense has a lot to do again with with missing fall and uh, yeah, uh, Opoku taking too many touches. Young players, man, that, that's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like given the circumstances, there's not. I'm not going to, you know, kind of. I'm not going to look at the at the the current run of games and be like, oh, this is in, you know, this is an indictment on the way that they're doing things. No, for the most part, it does look good, right? They've they've definitely made the right moves thus far. I think in the long run, it'll just be a man a matter of just trying to manage manage a locker room as well as expectations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Lionel Hutz add from cheap seat. Am I wrong to think that they would do well to switch the field more often, especially when Vela roams to the same side as the other winger? Um, again, having not watched a whole lot of the possession yesterday, it's hard for me to say based on, on this one game alone. Um, I think switching the field, it, it, the conditions have to be right. Yeah, you have to have created a free man over there and you have to have somebody that can play the right type of ball. Uh, just because Jackson Ewell can hit a diagonal pass or Will Trapp can hit a diagonal pass doesn't mean that it's going to have the speed necessary to get it there before that man is closed down. Um, attention, Greg Birdhalter. Well, he seemed to have sorted that, that one out with those two anyway, but um, it's it's possible that they could they could stand to switch play more um, it's just a man. It just honestly depends on where they're trying to create the free man. Yeah, like personnel is is, is the biggest I think reason for that. Like again, we're not we're not dealing with world class fullbacks here, right? And we're dealing with guys who are decent, who are good, can probably figure it out. We give give enough time, but not definitely no one to the same level of a, a Carlos fella, right? They're yeah, you're kind of just expecting them. At this point, you would just hope that there anyone will be able to come in and and fill in some of those gaps. But you know, 
time will tell. Yeah. Okay, next one from at Danniness. If we could just employ Bob style in the first half and keep Dolos for the second DP central attacking midfielder needed ASAP. Uh, I assume this means score lots of goals and play a bit reckless before the other team has a chance to figure out what's going on and then lock it down in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think as the team continues to build under Dolo that, that, that more goals are going to come. I don't think I've seen anything this season to suggest that they're going to have a hard time scoring. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely creating chances. Finishing has been a whole other story. Like Two years running now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have a couple yeah, opportunities. It's, it's better this year, I will say. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, and some of these ones, it's like, you know, they'll bury one of the three that they take, right? But at least they buried one of them. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, like I say, as comparatively to the past where, right, the build up looks great, but then the final product's not there. I have no way. Well, I'm sure I have a way of doing this, but just off the top of my head, I think the quality of chance that they're creating is better. So if you're to look at it, I don't know what the XG stat would be called, but uh, basically XG per chance Hmm. where I think you're probably going to have like more 0.45, more, you know, whatever, whatever the score is. I don't know, as opposed to a bunch of 0.09 XG chances that add up. Right. Um, So I think that would be an interesting stat to look at, to see if they're creating better chances again to my, to my, to the naked eye, to my naked eye, at least they are um, maybe fewer total chances, but better, better quality ones, um, which obviously helps with finishing. Next one's uh, from at Somber Amarath. We managed to grind out a win on the road in a game that we should have won. Not ideal, but it, this is, but that is a champion mentality. We need to continue to work towards being more organized, but we have the right mentality to see games out. I know that this is something a lot of people talked about last year is, is this mentality idea. And it's it's tough to to analyze because it's a bit squishy of a topic, right? It's a bit subjective. Um, but they're not giving up a whole bunch of goals late. They're not crumbling um, and giving up big leads. So it seems like it has something. All right. <laughs> uh, at Alex Follow one I can see why Rodriguez was starting over Chicho due to the fluid link-up play. Again, I, I didn't I didn't see this, so you're going to have to help me out on this one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Chicho's played really well, right? I mean, I think he's he 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 tries a little bit too much at times, right? Like maybe one too many back heels, maybe a little bit a little bit flashy at times, but. I mean, he's connecting well. Like you said, they're finding opportunities um, to co- to combine and create, and and he's finishing chances as well when when given the opportunity. So, you know, obviously it's 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 different than what we're used to, but I think it's definitely still still there. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, I think he's I, he's figuring out. I think what he's starting to figure out is how he can thrive with Carlos Vela. As a yeah. distributor, rather yeah. rather than hit playing next to him, which I think has done great. It's it's great for Chicho. He's the one who should benefit the most from it, because obviously between you know like him and Apoku, he or even Rodriguez, right? He's he's the guy that is more clinical uh, with the ball at his feet. So yeah, I I don't think anybody should um, should forget that 
Chicho had his big run at the end of last season, but when he was playing without Vela, right? He was he was by himself essentially up top. So doing it all on his own. And so it's just I, I do think you're right that there's a chemistry thing that it's gonna take some time to build. Um there's there's a lot of they're gonna have to learn to share the ball, obviously. Uh I think Chicho is still going back to August the leading scorer in MLS, but I'd have to double check on that. Um uh at Darmalia follows a huge part of the stability in the back. Without him, the line struggles to defend with good, decisive decisions. Uh, I think we kind of hit that already. It's 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 a testament to how good the the top three center backs are and how kind of thin the bench is behind them. Um, let's see here. Cameron at focused on the three F one. I think I got that right. Back to world habits on the defensive end, but we grinded it out. Is Vela okay? He was limping off. Josh, do you know anything about Vela's status? No. I mean, I don't even remember. I mean, I know he took... No, that was the game before that from from Kubo. Um, Kubo. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, again, he, like, he's, he's, getting, he's getting old, right? So when he, when he has to exert more energy than he wants to, you're going to see him feel it a little bit. And so, you know, that that's part of part of life it's part of being a professional athlete it's part of trying to figure out what that what that next um what that next move is going to be so yeah yeah it i mean as a 36 year old man myself i will tell you like (laughs) i don't i don't know cameron i uh can't tell from the profile picture how old you are oh cameron looks uh a little bit probably about the same as us i guess uh but i mean it just becomes it's harder, right? If I play 20 minutes on turf, I'm, I'm struggling at the end. Obviously I'm not a professional athlete. Um, but, uh, it takes its toll. It takes its toll for sure. Uh, James at J three S Fen. Torundolo makes all the right subs. You could just feel like we were going to win this one. Even at halftime last three, our last two seasons, it felt like we would lose. We could lose the game at any time. Even if we were in the lead, I think the back line missed fall. Franco for Ryan next game. A lot of stuff there. Talked about making the right subs. Talked about the mentality thing with Somber Amarath and how it always felt like we could give up a lead and lose the game at any time. Uh, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see what happens when all three fullbacks, like kind of all three starting fullbacks, Palacios, Hollingshead, and and Escobar fully healthy and ready to go and, and how that affects the lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it gives you good flexibility, but I think the, the, the long, I mean, the, the short term will, if everyone's healthy is cheeky and, um, and Escobar. And then you have, you have Hong's head there to, you know, come in, play a role. He's going to, you know, he's going to find his opportunities there. And because again, I think if you say you're chasing a goal and you really need an extra, you know, an extra attacker, you know, and a guy who can play from the fullback position, he's going to be the perfect opportunity, you know, the perfect one to be able to look, you know, to um, find his opportunities there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one's from Carolyn Calvert. Slow and sluggish to start. Playing too casual at first, great subs, but we have to find a way to start to start stronger. 
Otherwise, it is too heart attack inducing for the fans. Josh, have you had an ECG lately? Um, no, but at the same time, I don't think I've needed. I'd like honestly watching these games, even even the Galaxy game. You, you generally feel like they're in control, right? Yeah. And and not in a way like un- Bob control, where you're like pulling your hair out, wondering what they're thinking when trying to hit some of these passes. Yeah, and again, like. It, it almost lulls you to sleep. And maybe maybe that's the intent, right, in the, in the first half before they really open things up. Right. Just protect the ball, protect the goal. We'll, do, we'll be opportunistic if we can, but and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, next one, at the Bacchanal. Uh, was hosting family, so was in and out of the game, but seemed like an overall positive uh, from the moments I caught. Are you guys coming around on Moose? Or you still think he is USL level? I think he, he. I think he's better than USL level. Still don't want him as a full time starter on on my club, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah. a guy that can play a role. He's a guy that's gonna. He's probably you know, like I'm. I'm thrilled to have him as our fifth or sixth option at forward, mm-hmm. right? Like you're gonna go with Vela Rodriguez, um, Chicho. Right, Tajiri Shradi, Apoku, right? So you're five. In, and if you're telling me Hollings had a six, hey, that's a good player to have at six, right? But ask right, do you me, mean Musovsky? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Musovsky, right? Okay. Um, but asking him to lead the line for you regularly is yeah. questionable. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm in the same spot. I think, I think if, if I say USL level, then yeah, I, I would assume that's probably third or fourth on the depth chart at a, at a position. Um, so Daniel Henry or Sebastian Ibeaga, right? That might be a, a guy that we might say. I, I think I still need to see more from those two. Uh, my thing with Musovsky is that he's he's a one-dimensional striker. If you find him in space, he's going to put the ball away, right? He can, he can create a little bit of space. He can find open space. And if you get the ball to him, he's going he's gonna to put it away. So his finishing really isn't the thing. It's more his speed on the ball. Uh, he's not the guy, you know, and skill on the ball too. He's not the guy that's going to get on, get on it, you know, thirty-five yards from goal and create something the way that Vela can, um, or even Opoku, for that matter. Right? Uh, he's a guy that you're going to have to find. He's more of a poacher, and he's he's fine at that. Uh, do I want him doing it all the time? No, because I think it's something you can take away. With a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of tactical awareness, yeah. Um, but so, here's the thing: yeah. like, if someone offers, uh, you know, like the way he's playing, someone's going to offer a 750k in gam, and I am <laughs> running to the bank with that yeah. money because, yeah, absolutely. Again, he's, you know, he he is, again, he's he's not, he's he's decent, right? Like, again, is he is he, you know. Let's put it this way. List all how many clubs are in Major League Soccer now? Like seven hundred. I think we have like three levels now. I think three levels of Major League Soccer that are with <laughs> ProRail. Um, you know, so if you take the twenty nine teams, Musafki could probably start for half of them. Yeah, I mean, could yes, yeah. I don't know that I'm right. Doing I mean, that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, let's put it this way. It's a little bit tough because most of the teams are going to spend a ton of money at forward, right, and not anywhere else in the field. So obviously, DP money is it. the The question is, 
affected by the fact that most teams are going to spend a ton of even bad teams spend a lot of money on forwards. Cincinnati is yeah. one of them. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, but could could a Vancouver or or a San Jose or in like sporting KC, you know, in absence of Adam, uh, Alan Polito, use a guy like Musaski? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And again, to get a, you know, teams will pay that, that gam full well knowing that he's not going to kill you with, he's not going to kill your cap and he's not really going to hurt you, you right. know, right. Um, from a, from a, from a money perspective and, and still get, and still get a good return. Right. He's kind of falls yeah. into, you know, maybe he's probably not as good as what was his Brian White. Mm. Um, that yeah, I was fourth. thinking, I was thinking like Will Bruin too. Yeah. Is another guy who's, who's a sub level, um, I mean, substitution level there, a substitution level American striker who's not taking an international spot is on low money, uh, but can be depended on to do a job, mm-hmm. um, which is come off the bench, spell the strikers, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe come in for a midfielder to add a little bit more attacking prowess when you're chasing. Yeah. Um, and and his so. finish his finish for his goal was was nice, right? So again, yeah, he, he yeah. yeah he has he's got some skill to him, right? It's just a matter of again, like has Danny Musaski already produced more than a bunch of big name DP signings in the league? Absolutely, and I, you know, so again, it's hard to go wrong with a guy like that on your roster. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, one goal in MLS. Um, Two goals and an assist in the Open Cup, and one assist in USL. Again, across all competitions, well, across MLS in all games for LAFC. Let's see, how does it have this? Oh no, no, this across all competitions, forty-eight games for LAFC, twelve goals, six assists. So again, not bad, not bad. Um, it's just, like I said, he's, you know, he's a bit one-sided. He's got 18 goal. He had 18 goals for Reno in 44 games and he had five for Vegas in 15 games. I'm just saying like, like Divock Origi, right? Mm. We'll never play mm. a game and then come in and score against Everton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, your 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 six forward has a, has there's a time and a place for him, right? And if you're getting a goal every four games from Danny Musovsky, yeah, oh, solid. I think I think some of the ire that we had like last year is Bob would pull off like Carlos, for example, and Musovsky would come on and we'd be down a goal, and it's like, all right, I know I know Carlos is getting older and he's <laughs> we got to save his legs, but. There's got to be somebody else that this team that this that this team can turn to, and at the time I don't really think there was. It was during all the injuries, and uh, I you know Brian is on loan, and so anyway, it comes back to roster management. All right, hopefully we satisfied the Bacchanal on that one. At Space Echoes Jess, sluggish transitions. Chicho and Vela have difficulty linking up. We found a way though. Three points. Uh, yeah, I mean, all these things go wrong and or, you know, go poorly and you still walk away with three points. So I think uh, I think Jesse's got it here. Yeah. And I and I think you'll you'll start to see that that combination of Chicho and Vela 
grow because I think he he was probably used. I think what Chicho has been used to was playing with Vela under Bob's system, where you, it, it's kind of just done in a very specific way and in a, in a bit of a stagnant approach. Versus the way that they're, the, I think they're given a lot more license and a lot more freedom in in the way that they're current, mm. you know, in the in the current setup. Mm. It could be for sure. Uh, the Wings of Madness at Wings of Madness. I keep wishing for a beatdown a la 2019, but this team doesn't have that type of crisp passing or midfield attack. This will do though. Uh, yeah, I think I think this is going to come over time. I, I truly think that what you're seeing is a team that is playing really well, but is capable of playing better uh, and still has money to burn in terms of signings. Uh, so as soon as they go out and sign Ross Barkley, they're going to be really <laughs> cooking. Well, I mean, I think, to be fair, I think there's a bit of, like, hindsight bias and nostalgia with yes, the quote-unquote yes. crisp midfield passing that we had because I don't think our midfield passing was that crisp. Like, you had Ed Twesta slip. Right, you Ed Twesta would, would, would play really well with Bella, right? I will say that, right? Like, there was a nice combination there. But that wasn't where most of the creations were created. It was from Latif and, and, and Mark Anthony Kay you know, in their counter press. But once Chaos. teams figured out how to deal Chaos. with the counter press, yeah. it, you know, like you're, 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 you know, again, you're now a one trick pony that re- that's relying on Vela to be superhuman. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. only will go. So can only go so far. And also again, with, with his injury history will only last so long. Yeah. I think, I think people might take exception to what you just said about him, you know, relying to be relying on him to be superhuman. That man had 49 combined goals and assists in 2019. I don't think people realize that. 49 goals or assists in 2019. And I think we looked it up, and they had like 80 goals, I think, that season. Mm-hmm. Like that is insane. He and Rossi, remember it was like when we were trying to figure out what, what the over-under for goals was? I think Al asked yeah. a question there. right? And he and Rossi had combined for something like 75% of the team's goals yes. between yes. two and, of them. And I mean that's fine. There's nothing wrong with with using star power when you have it, but I think it is instructive on just how good he he was that season, and how effective that counter press and immediately finding the feet of of Carlos was. So yeah, and and I think the the term to probably look at it is usage rate, right? <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you were, it's, and again, this is more of a basketball statistic, but the usage rate. Oh yeah, so we're t- we're talking about usage rate in in basketball terms, right? And and how you know a single player can dominate can dominate the play of the game, right? And and at times you and basketball is a lot easier because it's just the nature of the sport where you know literally you can inbound the ball to to a you know LeBron or Russell Westbrook in his prime, they can go coast to coast and. And take it over, yeah. For for now, a soccer player to do that same thing, and this is taken straight out of Malcolm Gladwell, right? Um, you know some of the things he's looked at, and I think there was another book that was written about it too, like that. In the looking at um, soccer as an inherently weak link sport, where it, mm. your how good your eleventh best your eleventh player is is more important than how good your first player is. I mean, that's if you if you look at CCL, that's the reason that 
MLS teams have not been able to win for so long. And now Seattle seems to have maybe cracked that code. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always what's at the bottom of the roster, right? Because mm-hmm. you can have, we started the show talking, we started the show off talking about that, right? Where you have wait your, all your money in the forward line, but if you can't get in the ball in the right spot, it's all for not. Yeah. But I think if you look at how this team kind of plays out, right? It's like, the, the ceiling is so much or the floor is so much higher. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you don't have to have a high ceiling to win a game, right? You just have to have a high enough floor, mm-hmm. right? So in the, in these games where, where, like you said, it gets ugly in one-offs, right? Is it, is it the team with the best talent that usually is winning these games? Hmm. I'd argue no, right? Yeah. Because Columbus won MLS cup and they're falling apart right now. You're a disaster. They are a right? disaster. Yeah. And so when you, you know, again, like looking at the, you know, looking at it in entirety, um, you know, I think, I think there's something to be said about reducing Carlos Vela's usage rate for the time being. Right. And again, this is not necessarily permanent. This may not be something that you see all season, but I think it's something that you can reduce to save him over the course of the year yeah. and then kind of open yeah. it up from there. It also makes, again, as much as we love to harp on people that just rely on stats to analyze the game, uh, it also makes it a more well-balanced team, right? If that is unsustainable to just say everything is going to run through this man, we're going to get 60% of our goals through this one player because all you got to do is take away that one player. And now all of a sudden there's something you can do. And I mean, that's what, that's what Seattle does in the playoffs to us or has done in the playoffs, right? They play a four, two, three, one, they have a fullback and a defensive midfielder cover up Vela, and it's all over. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Josh, we have done an hour and two minutes, and I didn't even watch the game. So I feel like <laughs> we probably need to stop. <laughs> uh, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow Josh at LAFC Josh on Twitter. Me at Kirk Kinsey, and we will talk. Well, uh, again, I'm going to be gone, so we're probably going to have to record this next Monday. Um, who, who does LAFC have coming up? They are playing. I just saw this. They will be playing against. Where to go? This is great. This is great um, for content. It's right great here. Radio, Minnesota. Yeah. Ah, Minnesota. So, so again, I, this is this is one where they're going to have to figure out how to uh, unlock the bus, but. It'll be yeah. a good test, and then again, you have a, a kind of a tough run of games where you got at home against Minnesota, at home against Philadelphia, which is I think going to be the the next. This is probably outside of El Tráfico. This is probably the biggest game of the season in terms of just kind yeah. of yeah. a measuring stick of of where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both teams both teams are flying high. Both teams are in form right now. Um, then followed by the o- the Open Cup game a few days later. And then kind of now you get that that string of um, Western Conference foes, you know, the Colorados, Austin, yeah, the Col- yeah. and so on and so forth. So, All right. So we will talk to you all next week after the Minnesota match. Yeah.